0: Welcome to the Cinephile Hissy Fit Podcast, the tirade-filled movie debate podcast hosted by two film critics, cool dads, and struggling teachers. I'm Don Shanahan, and
1: I'm William
0: Ron Howard Blows Johnson. You know, you'd find a way to blow something, buddy. Uh, We're damn glad to have you, (laughs) folks. This is all for tantrum's sake. Where shared passions and high fives wash away any place for hate. In the end, we encourage you all to love what you love, blow what you blow. And all the things that go with that. But for now, the gloves are off because, you know, you got to put your hands on things to blow. And the hissy fit is on. This week, stemming from our four-week series from Chicago, where we recorded a whole bunch of things in one day and milked it for all it was worth for a month. We are talking about Ron Howard's blowing wind that is called draft. <laughs> You know, backdraft is recommended by me as one of my all time, super duper top 10 favorite, personal favorite movies, whatever you want to call it. And as a Chicagoan, I feel like I must. So our format is this, the recommending lover that is me goes first. They get five uninterrupted minutes to shower their praise and state their high-minded case. The hater. Follows with five uninterrupted minutes of their own to present their counterpoints with any manner of intellectual scorched earth, or they can just make blowjob jokes. After that, we open it up for 15 minutes to share a conversation where the hissy fit really gets chippy. We hope you've got your judge's scorecard. I already know who's going to win, but for now, you go, we go, let's go.
1: Oh, God. Uh, Jesus, I know, right? Uh, we, we, um, the, my eyes rolled back into my head so mm-hmm. far they actually turned back around and went back into place. You know, anyways, that, that
0: only happens to me when I'm getting blown. So you know, that's it's appropriate. You've got all the right, you've got all the right notes, Ron. You've I was, all the right notes.
1: I was using blows in general, like when a kid said it sucks. Uh-huh. Like you yeah. don't expect a seven-year-old to be referring to fellatio. I was referring to s- blows in general, not like a blowjob joke. Really. So who's the now, bad dad
0: here? Because so, I feel like your kid's talking about fellatio my kid's just, you know, blow dandelions. <laughs> these these okay. Must be those Arizona hippie values instead of the Midwestern, you know, uh, line we got over here in Illinois. Yeah, the,
1: the state that finally got two blue senators after uh, 100 years of being <laughs> yeah. as red as can be. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we have a lot of liberal values here. Um, anyways, <laughs> we watched Backdraft together. Oh, we, we, we together like friends. We did, yeah, we did. Well, uh, yeah, because we I
0: you saw it about the same weekend that I got a special event to see it, which was awesome. I'll
1: tell I I I'll, be part day. of mine. I think well, it was, yeah, the same or, day.
0: you were earlier than me. That's right.
1: Yeah, I always come earlier than you. Anyways, this is so- true. So- Load <laughs> management, I believe, is what you refer to. I believe that's this a is, running joke. Well, I, here. I guess the explicit tag applies so to this episode. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yes, yeah, so we, we kind of watched it at the same time. Uh, uh-huh. My first time, not your first time.
0: Though. No, smartphone.
1: Um, and uh, that's why we decided to talk about it, because you did mention it on the Chicago episode. It's one of the ones I had not seen for whatever reason. So I was excited. It was on HBO. I thought, oh, Don loves this, so I'll probably love it. And yeah, uh could be turned more down, wrong. Right? Yeah, could be more know. wrong. Listen, so why don't you go ahead? Have, and, uh,
0: right. You're- and this is this is why we have our show which is the best part. All right, my 5 minutes start now. No, um we uh as the Chicago kid, I, I admit I'm that guy who has always loved this movie. Uh I hope those folks out there I don't know how many millennials listen to this show who don't peruse 1991 movies but um mm-hmm. do yourself a favor and go see Backdraft. If you've ever been a little kid who wanted to grow up and be a firefighter, Watch a bunch of R-rated firefighters, do firefighter macho things, and you'll want to be a firefighter too. And uh, no, this has always been a longtime favorite movie for me. It's a VHS tape I wore out. It's a DVD I wore out. It's a blu ray own now. I'm not going to get a 4K one yet because I just got the Blu-ray. But um, I was very pleased through Fathom Events uh, last weekend to see this movie for its uh, 30th anniversary, and I I, I had never seen it on the big screen. Or If I did, I was far too young to see it that I – I probably shouldn't have went, you know, cause I would have been about I don't know, about 10 or 11 years old where that might not be the wheelhouse. But when I look back at the eighties, like when they market Rambo and Terminator to children, I feel like backdraft probably wouldn't have been the worst thing my father ever showed me at the age of 11. Um, but definitely he didn't teach me about blowing, but we'll get to that as we go. No. Anyway, this movie is a, uh, is a big love for me. I, I, I just enjoy the hero dynamics. Uh, and now with age, I've really found a place to enjoy the practical effects compared to the the junk they make now where fire just looks so incredibly fake and staged. And to have this movie kind of still kind of be the bravura that it is and be made for what it was with the, with, like I said, with the practical effects, with the hardcore stunt work, because Scott Glenn, William Baldwin and Kurt Russell all were credited because of their work on this movie as legit stunt credits, not just doubled. So they are, they're on the list in the credits of having stunts. And more than anything though, um, yeah, I admit, I'm I'm that kid who wanted to grow up, like every, like many kids, and want to be a firefighter. Then I watch this movie and go, shit, that your fathers and your brothers will die being firefighters. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I want to do that. But my respect level for the profession only grew. And the movie itself is also, for me, a big story kind of about brothers. And I admit, in my relationship, I'm big brother. So I fashioned myself for most of my life to think I could be... The kurt russell dynamic of this movie where it I, i'm supposed to be big brother i i always kind of was the better student for you know compared to my brother i was always the better athlete to my brother and and yeah, i always felt like i had to kind of do the right things to be the right example for my little brother and not that i ever really had to bail him out but he's kind of still been even to this day a bit more of a screw up than me so yeah i, I the big the brother feels for this movie have never left And I love it. I I admit, and you can laugh at me all you want when these two minutes are up and the five minutes come after this. I still cry watching this movie because man, you know, Kurt Russell, spoiler for those who haven't seen it, has one of the downright best death scenes I've I've had in a movie ever. You I'll trade just about man, I don't know I off the top of my head, I I it's a top five death scene for me. And I I I dig that because it's a brother moment. It's the end of a hero moment. I think the movie you know soaks up chicago in such a beautiful way for my city and all that and i just enjoy that dynamic and when you live around here and i think i said this on our chicago show in this city with with the, kind of the tight-knit community and the in the ethnic you know mix that we all of us are around here everybody knows a, a firefighter you know and i i know several firefighters i went to school with several firefighters right here in the city of chicago and yeah i i to just they all everybody I talk to, and uh, maybe it's the local bias and all, but we everybody loves this movie. I, I know when I posted that I was seeing this on Facebook at the same time at Fathom Events and you were the one dissenting commenter and everyone else says, Oh my god, I love this movie, I cry every time and and I I value that. I value that I can watch this movie, know that it is nineties cheese for sure. You know, the Bruce Hornsby music and the montages. I get it but the heart of this movie that comes out of it at the same time as you have spills and thrills with fantastic stunt work and amazing technical achievements that, that just haunt that, that fire is a care. It's a cheesy thing to say, but you have an inanimate thing that is a character and you have amazing characters around it who just push up against it and see what they can do. And people are challenged. And unlike movies today that, don't tend to have the best stakes in the world you've got you know main characters screwing up and dying and people getting hurt and i just love the r-rated punches that it hits with compared to the pg-13 soft shit they make today uh second closest firefighter movie maybe is Ladder 49 you know in 04 um i only the brave seems all right but i don't know man Give, give me kurt russell being all the grizzled kurt russell you can get in in the 90s so
1: yeah i'm there that's my five. Oh, it's, oh the, the, the bell woke me up, because just like the movie, I was sleeping through that whole thing. Figures. figures, um,
0: figures. <laughs> You're fine. Five I
1: mean, figures. whatever. I, I, I do, yeah. All right. Let me let me get my own personal stopwatch going here, because I know I need it. All right, I'm ready. Okay. Backdraft. Um, I think this is a film that you have to have had watched as a youth. Um, you know, uh, you were pretty young. You were what? I was nine. You were 11,
0: 12. Yeah. Uh,
1: Yeah. So I think that, you know, and trust me, I teach 12 year olds all day and I have 12 year olds at home. Um, and you probably understand this, but 12 year olds are, um, stupid, And that's why they can easily be manipulated by sensationalist cheesy crap like this. It's not a bad movie on a production level. I mean, it is great. I mean, everyone talks about how realistic the fire is when any firefighter will tell you that you can't see anything. Mm -hmm. Um, True. And and that it's all smoke. uh, And it would not look as beautiful and majestic as it appears to be uh, in the film. And and the uh, practical effects are astounding i mean it is a wonderful set piece it's uh wonderful set pieces i should say um but uh as friend of the pod and hopefully future guest um aaron hudson said you know he said it's a it's a it's a good enough movie as it is but i wonder what a good director would have done with the material and i, I kind of agree with you i think that uh, ron howard is probably one of the you say it hits with these R rated punches that is, you know, better than the softer PG 13 stuff. But, mm-hmm. um, like all Ron Howard, it doesn't punch enough. It, it doesn't punch hard. It pulls its punches. Um, it, it's always playing it safe. Even with rated R, it plays it safe. Uh, and that's what pisses me off the most is that you've got some pretty Shakespearean, simple storytelling that could be told really well. And, um, and unfortunately, with um, I, I think the the biggest issue is William Baldwin is your star. Um, uh, Kurt Russell is Kurt Russell. He's going to be awesome in everything. Even the whole, most, even the worst movies Kurt Russell makes better. Um, and his dynamic with William Baldwin is just uh, it's brought down by William Baldwin. Uh, I, I don't think he's a terrible actor. But you surround him with quality and he just suffers. And another thing is about this film, it's not just the bad director, but it's also bad writing because this movie shows I think every great actor has a bad performance in them. We've seen it. We've seen Natalie Portman in the Star Wars prequels. We've seen Jack Lemon and Kenneth Brannis Hamlet. These are all phenomenal actors that have a bad performance because they're not, they don't have much to work with. This movie makes Jennifer Jason Lee, who is a phenomenal actor um, always a benefit to your film always provides something whether it be this strange kinkiness or this goofball mentality or this extremely vulnerable villainess um, you know she's always bringing something unique to it and she is so bland in this movie and I blame Ron Howard and the scriptwriters for that because, how can you make jennifer jason lee boring i don't get it um that's a big uh part of it now things i will praise the movie for you got robert de niro he's amazing i mean he his character is great uh his character is not in it a lot which i think helps because it kind of adds this mystery to this very cool character um and donald sutherland any scene with donald sutherland in this film is excellent um but uh, even though I'm okay with moderation of Robert De Niro because he can kind of take over a production, when he's the best part and you're only getting a limited amount of him, and Donald Sutherland is the best part and you're only getting a limited amount of him, there's so much promise there that is uh, avoided to get William Baldwin, you know, um, having sex with uh, a very bad Jennifer Jason Lee on top of a fire truck. <laughs> don't get me don't get me started on uh, the atrocious atrocious score uh, for this film. Th- this film is probably one of the most uh, manipulative, uh, cheesiest, one of the most awful scores I've ever had. I mean, it's 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 insulting to the audience that the score Ron Howard needs to rely on. He can't rely on his actors. He can't rely. On his uh, impressive practical effects, he must rely on the music to tell the emotions of the characters. And that's, to me, one of the greatest sins is that I feel like Backdraft is trying to tell me how to feel instead of actually making me feel something. And I have one second. Goodbye.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, we We both got our five minutes through. Please enjoy this short announcement from the Ruminations Radio Network, and we'll be right back.
1: What's up, gang? This is Hoptimus. You've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from Ruminations Radio Network. If you want some more tasty sound vibes, come check out my new podcast, The Retro Futurist Culture, where we talk about alternate timelines, cyberpunk, anime, and other crazy worlds. If that does not strike your fancy, we have plenty of other great shows at RuminationsRadioNetwork.com.
0: All right, Will. I got to go straight to the score thing you put on here. You clearly haven't heard enough 90s Hans Zimmer because that's his bread and butter. He's still doing it now where he has to add, over add all of the orchestrational things he can do in a movie to push every single tone of everything. He's still doing it now with Nolan movies. So this is Hans Zimmer. I don't want to say in his prime, but in his young pieces where you watch this, you watch Crimson Tide, you watch all the stuff he's done, even The Lion King. I'll even say The Lion King, where the music pushes the envelope. And yeah, I, I can't lay this at Hans Zimmer's feet. And by the time you have the brassy, bold voice, you know, things that go with the movie. Yeah, I can't call this an invisible score at all. You are off the mark, my friend.
1: No, no, no. It's not Hans Zimmer. Like, OK, because even this some of the, the greatest even Who's so celebrating
0: a birthday today, by the way, I can drop that out there for you.
1: Right. Here's some of the – I mean, even John Williams has, you know, phoned it in. James Horner, uh, Alan Silvestri. I mean, even the greats, sure. you know, have, have had scores where you're like, okay, maybe they cut some corners there. Or maybe they're overdoing it a bit. I just feel like Ron Howard is not a – he is a very – he just—he he doesn't seem to take risks to me. Like everything is safe, and I think he's basically saying to the composer of this, "Look, I need to really amplify amplify the emotion of this. So please make the score as emotionally manipulative as possible." And that took me out. Now here's now here, here's the thing. Let's talk about. There. Let's so talk about
0: it's, the. Op- it's a '90s action movie score hits on the nose every single time.
1: Every mm, single time. I, I don't know. I've rewatched a lot of recent '90s. Films, yeah, and uh, they all
0: blasted to twelve. Every single no, movie.
1: not at all. Watch, Watch Terminator Two Terminator. It does not do that wow. at all. Terminator Two is a uh, different
0: animal. That's one. That's all you get.
1: Speed, Speed doesn't do that. It has Speed. very oh bullshit. Very... Speed
0: hits that score like a ton of bricks.
1: Mm-mm-mm. nope it does not. It it it, nah, it, it lends it lets the action and the actors do the do a lot no, of, no, of The
0: action and the actors can do enough for sure, but the music is there, front and center, can't miss it.
1: So let me talk about. This is my okay. point. Uh, it's it's a long way to my point, but I want to see what you think about this. So okay. So so I pop the movie in. I just say pop it in because uh, it was on <laughs> HBO, HBO Max not let
0: you do that. Sure, but, yeah,
1: but, but, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but I, I always think I'm popping in a VHS. But I, I, I put the movie on. Okay. Yeah. And the opening scene happens, and uh, it's it's where Kurt Russell is playing his own dad, and mm-hmm. uh, you, you know he takes his sons with him on uh, one of his firefighting adventures, and he dies. Spoiler alert. I guess. Um mm-hmm. but um I was like, okay, so the the score is like this because we're seeing this through a child's eyes. We're seeing yeah. his heroic father jump from balcony to balcony, and uh-huh. and I was and, and I was like, this is cheesy, but this is like a child's view of firefighting. Yes, indeed. Um, but then it never stopped doing why that. Would like
0: why would you because
1: it's sucks.
0: Doing hero things, nah, I, man. No, 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 no,
1: no, no. I understand, and and unlike a lot of military films post 9-11, oh. where you're
0: going to invoke military films, which do the yes. same thing you're talking about worse.
1: That's that's what I. No, no, no. I'm saying that. I, I'm okay. saying that they do this all the time. Mil, military yes. films do it worse, and it sucks. It's terrible. What I'm saying about it is is mm-hmm. that. Unlike military films, where and, and don't get me wrong, all you guys are going to come attack me. I support the troops, whatever. There is a Hollywood thing where they go like the troops are these superheroes that we must uh, we must mm-hmm. uh, worship at you know worship at their sure.
0: feet. Yeah, the hero worship is thick in those movies,
1: and the hero worship is thick in
0: Backdraft. I see, where but you're but going. I
1: I don't feel like the hero worship in Backdraft is it, it isn't. The intention is there. I don't feel like it's eye rolling to me like it is in military films. Good. I I actually, I actually, I'm actually very cool with it because I have family that, that was in the Chicago fire department as well. Mm -hmm. I think they deserve um, the attention that they usually don't get. And that's why I'm offended by the fact that it, it relies on you've got the imagery there you've got this amazing yeah. you've got this ma- amazing artistic uh practical effects oscar-nominated mm-hmm. sound effects and visual effects oh yeah you've oh, yeah. got a, a really great cinematography which is another thing that i'm yeah. not used to in michael
0: solomon was fantastic here yeah
1: yeah i'm not used to that in a ron howard film really to be honest i think it's very pedestrian it's not i don't think it's very dynamic and a lot but of this one films. has
0: some fun with some angles and some yeah this one does well. yeah
1: this one is is really good it gets ruined to me by the fact that it it doesn't allow us to use those image that imagery and those actors. The best scene in the film for me okay. is the scene is the scene where uh, Donald Sutherland is on the parole board and they're about yeah. to let him go free, <laughs> and De Niro sure. like throws like a charred baby at it, and there's uh-huh. a chilling sequence where Donald Sutherland's like, "Yeah, I just want everyone to burn," you know. Uh-huh. That's great, but you know why that's great? No music. Two actors Mm -hmm. talking to each other. Uh, All the the information is in their eyes and their face. Of course, action movies are supposed to have these bombastic things and all this stuff. But to me, if you can get that out of this movie, why not do it elsewhere? It just feels like they're constantly trying to... They're constantly trying to heroing
0: scra- it. You are scratching and clawing the minority wall because I think I think when you look at if you mm-hmm. take what Ron who Ron Howard is and what he's going for, and you take the time and right. the era of the movie, you know mm-hmm. this is you know this is ninety one coming off the heels of the eighties where every hero has to where where heroes were built by this kind of thing. Like we had, look at Tom Cruise. We had fighter pilots. We had stock car racers. We had bartenders for goodness sake. You know, like
1: mm-hmm.
0: the the hero treatment is given given out pretty easily in this era of movies so and military movies at that point you know were were rambo and such as that so to kind of at to kind of look where 1991 is and and kind of look at and go all right well if you were to give firefighters the hero treatment what would that look like and sound like for that era right it would look like and sound like a military movie so i just think from a i don't want to sound art you know subjective versus objective but for the objective of make these guys look like a million bucks, you know, not just with the stunts and putting them in 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 the fire, in the camera, in every place they can give them the anthem to go with it so i
1: well yeah from an and objective
0: and standpoint it par for the course and it may and it, oh my goodness do they look good so i i i forgive all that now i'll i'll grant where you're going where william baldwin is is not a star and this was the movie where they tried him out and it wasn't the best he's not his brother alec never was going to be he got mm-hmm. under the crack of the egg to kind of do sliver to your he's not
1: but even Daniel. You know,
0: no, I'm just kidding. Oh, he's better than Daniel, but yeah, I know, I know. Um, but no, um, no, he's not the best person to lay your movie in front of, and he's got to emerge and kind of do the the hero thing when when Kurt Russell's gone. Right, I'm with you with Jennifer Jason Lee, where she is wasted as the girlfriend, you know, love interest part. Hard part is it's also 1991, where what are you going to do? It, just this—a movie like this was never going to pass any Bechtel test in the world. Where I admire your me-too ness of today to want to see more parts for women, where you just weren't going to no, get. No, no, I'm not is, saying that at all. I'm, saying, I'm saying, but here, here, here—it's a knock, but it's a historical knock. You weren't ever going to fix.
1: No, no, no. I, I wasn't even thinking about that. I wasn't thinking about a good role for a woman. I'm saying that she's yeah. awful in the role, she's I, awful. which is yeah, she, which I, is I, which I, is I, horrible I, to me because she's a phenomenal actress,
0: but. Uh, and if I put myself in her shoes, it's like, oh, this is my chance to do a, a minor blockbuster. I get to work with one of the Baldwin brothers, Ron Howard's coming off of different things. He's, you know, a, a hot player coming up at the time. I right. get why she takes the part. It wasn't the best part for her. Involved in her part is nice because I do feel like the the arson corruption story, which is secondary to making brothers. Terrible. I want to talk about that
1: too. It's awful.
0: All right. No, it's not the best story. And the fugitive regurgitates it in a way two years later, where it's like all the connected health officials that, you know, tried to push something through underneath the city. Like the, the fugitive did this better two years later, but at the same time, it's not the best, but if it, if the arson angle, you know, gets you, gets you De Denaro gives something for Jennifer Jason Lee to kind of do JT Walsh is slimy enough where I know he's not the quote unquote villain in the movie but he's something you can kind of put a you know a thumb your nose at a little bit where the villain is meant to be fire and risk and that's good enough for me and yeah and for Denaro and Sutherland they they're kind of your I don't want to say ethereal presences because that's not the thing I, more for Sutherland than than Denaro where yeah you have this dynamic of for all the for all these characters who are supposed to be heroes and not be afraid of it, you have a guy who embraces all the evil that comes with it, and that's a nice foil, mm-hmm. not just for De Niro, but also for obviously the fear that William Baldwin's character has. So, you know, by, by why, I love that second scene with Sutherland, where it's preposterous from a plot standpoint that he has oh, to absolutely like, terrible, go, yeah, he has to go to the prison to you know to 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 press the old arsonist for clues to a case he likely has no idea what's going on with. But he's like, who else can I talk to? Let's bring Donald Sutherland back. Preposterous oh scene from a from a plot and crime standpoint. Very cool scene from a character and acting standpoint, because you get Sutherland, you know, poking the bear and so you know pouring the snake oil as the 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 lover of the darkness to the guy whose most fearful of was born from it in a way because of what happened to his dad. And I dig that. Right. right. Um right. you no know, this movie it, it, yeah, it's uh,
1: it, wh- that is incredibly dumb. By the way, the arsonist yeah. thing Terrible, starts yeah. out the, the, the arsonist plotline starts out really cool. I was like, oh okay, I like yeah this. shit's
0: going down. Who's setting these fires? Right,
1: right, and that's cool. But then they they don't make it like an interesting mystery. It's more of like a, a background noise. Yeah, that and then by the time the movie ends, they're like, oh shit, we got to solve that arsonist thing. And, and then they and twist
0: then, it on a to Kurt, too, which is kind of... They, they try to make you think it's him for a bit, and it's a little much. Oh, yeah.
1: my God. Seriously. Okay, look, look.
0: Yeah, that was a little much. I'll grant that.
1: Listen, listen. And we're going to spoil this here, but...
0: We we already have.
1: To me, if if Scott Glenn is <laughs> right. really this pissed off about what happened, even if his buddy finds out, like, he tries to fucking murder both brothers uh, and Robert De Niro, like to to cover his oh, secret. Not, like,
0: oh well, yeah, he's going for it. In, part, in yeah, the yeah,
1: house, yeah. in the house, he tries to freaking. And then in the battle at the end, there's a battle in this movie. By the oh, way, oh, the
0: axe battle. I know that. The, there's serious. axes yeah. and it's shit. Cheesy.
1: Look, look, look. Here's the thing. I would I would have believed it more if Kurt Russell caught him and was like, "Dude, you can't do this." And Scott Glenn was like, "I was just trying to protect my brothers," but the problem is you've got this scene where he's like trying to kill our heroes, even though he quote unquote loves them. It's but so convoluted and stupid. Yeah. It doesn't I go just,
0: all the way. Cause once that moment happens where those, you know, where, where Kurt and Scott pick up their axes, like they're going to do some kind of different movie from a different place, throwdown. It's the pause. They both po- obviously they both stop themselves and kinda like, I can't do this and it, you know, one you know, stop yeah. breaks down and it's as far as he was ever gonna get, get because I can't hurt the kid who save you know I can't hurt the son of the kid who saved my life. Or, you know. Right, so that right, kind of right. thing. And then of course it leads to the for me, the the, the ground swelling rescue scene where that's my brother, God damn it. I love that shit. So it 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 breeds what comes later, which is awesome. But I I I do that. like
1: I do like that and I don't know what it's like to have a brother. I was an only child, so you said you know what it's oh, it's man, like to have yeah. a brother, and I'm sure I'm sure he's going to love listening to this episode. When you're like, he's a big screw up, but uh, but uh, but no. I what I do like is um, it is one of the re- even though I don't think William Baldwin is a great performer, I do like their dynamic sometimes in the quieter scenes because mm-hmm. there are moments where they get along. Like yeah. there's moments where they're like, "Hey, you want a beer?" and like they kind of talk oh, yeah. shit to each other, uh, and they get along. And then there's moments where they're really mad at each other. There's competition. I, I do like the scene, yeah, um, when they're running up the stairs. Oh, I love and Kurt, it. yeah. And, and Kurt Russell falls, and you get this impression that like <laughs> Kurt Russell is just like, "Oh my god, I lost! Like I never lose to my oh, brother." Really? You know what I mean? Like I like stuff yeah. like that. It, it had a realistic bent to it, but then yeah i i don't know i just i think I kinda, yeah
0: from a casting standpoint i get what they're doing they're trying to elevate william baldwin kurt's there to be kurt and he's awesome it's and great. you yeah and i mean oh my god the moment where he rescues the little kid in the apartment he, in the slow-mo shot with the smoke and the fire and i know firefighters will tell you you'll never see him and it won't look that good but fuck does it look good in a movie <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. but but no um I, i'm happy that they it wasn't like macho man number one and macho man number two in terms of the two brothers because you do have because like if it was kurt russell and then here i hate i hate to pick the tango and cash comparison here but like if you had a sylvester stallone type that was his brother who you know who would feign playing weak and scared and angsty but you're like shut the fuck up you're sylvester stallone you're just gonna rip your shirt off in the end of the scene and like become a hero so like the hero leap the hero leap that it would take to get William Baldwin to be a convincing fireman is a realistic leap compared to when you see Kurt Russell doing Kurt Russell stuff. And I'm he glad does it, I'm glad it was an action yeah. movie star number two there.
1: And I do like that. He does kind of quit like, like yeah. everything else he quits and yeah. decides to join well, the, uh, and the that's the mayor. mayor yeah. candidate.
0: And that's the, and for me, I I know that that circles him towards this silly case we're talking about, but like for me, those are the pulled punches or not. The, the, those are the serious punches. I feel like the movie has because, for a couple, of, like for one, it it goes full R rated. You know, with all the language and bullshit tactics mm-hmm. in the world, it goes mm-hmm. for it, and then it also goes for not the non obvious, you know, plot directions as it goes here where you have sort of sort of sort of sort of of. compared to like i don't watch a lot of television but compared to like the tv show stuff now which is so procedural and so cookie cutter like if you were to watch chicago fire and of course that currently now might as well be backdraft junior because it runs on television and everybody loves it locally but no because because you have kurt fucking up with getting his probationary fireman tim burned in that one scene which is horrific awesome scene um, but because you have Brian, Baldwin's character quit, and you have Kurt still fucking up and feeling the ramifications of it, and you have some loss there. You have these screw-ups there. And, and I know Bre- Rebecca DeMornay isn't given a lot to do either, but you still have that, that wife who appreciates what a man does, but at the same time still has to push him away. There's enough mm-hmm. fallibility in these heroes where they're not straight – I think if this movie were made today that you'd have one infallible hero and one person who's clearly going to become an infallible hero, it just takes a little bit more time. You can e- And then you have mm. easily here, you have a fuck-up who could completely stay a fuck-up, and then you have the best hero of the movie die. So the movie had balls to go there. And of course I circle back to that death scene of son of a bitch, man, who's your brother, Brian? And you know, it's, you know you are, Steven. And oh my god, I'm bawling my eyes out every time I watch mm. that movie. So.
1: Yeah, I only I only cried because I was literally bored to tears with this movie. But, <laughs> um, no here, here's final a question for you. I,
0: yeah, or here we'll circle back because I know we're trying to keep our time straight. So Yeah, here's a question
1: it. for you. Have you seen backdraft 2?
0: I heard I should not see it because of how much I love the first one.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's one it feels like one of those things where they just were like, Hey, we've got we've probably got the rights to this backdraft thing. Let's just use yeah. something. This one seems right for a remake. I think eventually. I think this Backdraft? will be the remake. Yeah, I think it's going to get a remake treatment eventually. I, I,
0: I could, It would be nice if they, if they could do it in a ballsy way. Obviously, modern firefighting tactics can, can you could, you can, you can modernize this movie completely. Sure. But at the same time, can you? I, if they do it, I kind of, I, I want. Uh, I want them to go full R, you know, I, I, again, I don't want the pussification of what is on TV and what is normally the PG 30. I know that that stuff doesn't sell.
1: Yeah. Well, you have to do it really well because uh, they did that with point break where they kept it rated R and they made it more extreme, but it was suck.
0: That's the problem (laughs) is somebody today is going to turn this into fast and fucking furious, the firefighter movie. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not there for that. It just wouldn't work. Yeah,
1: This is better than ladder 49. In my opinion, though, I will give you that.
0: Yeah, Little forty nine ain't bad, but it, 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 it maybe that's because no, it is.
1: It is. It is bad.
0: It's okay, but I mean, I think Jesus. we were all now. There's a manipulative movie because that's three years after nine eleven. We lost three hundred forty three firefighters twenty years ago. You know, and of course, three years ago by that movie where we were ready to praise any fire fireman effort you give us. Joaquin Phoenix isn't exactly the most dynamic hero to root for compared to these guys, but I get why. I get why it's okay. I'll take this movie mm. all day.
1: No, no, All I right. would. I'll take back draft over ladder forty nine.
0: You know what I call that? So there, victory. not bad. You, not you bad. got
1: a victory if you forced me to sit down.
0: I did. Watch I got you to watch this movie. Them, that's true.
1: You did. Yeah. Uh, you you praised it so much. It's it's nice to know how wrong you are. Now I can go back and, and uh, listen to the, the Chicago episode and be like, Jesus Christ.
0: You know what? The audience. You've seen the post. The audience is going to slay you for this one. So good luck, buddy.
1: No, that's fine. Well, hey, that's not exactly true. We have a number of people. I'm looking at my letterbox. There's I'm to go two- to.
0: You want me to go to Nick Clement two- here? Go look at yeah. Nick's review of this. No, no, our 90s, no, I, I Our '90s historian of choice here.
1: Right, but I'm saying there are a lot of two and a half, two and three star reviews for this. Yeah. Compared to you're the uh, only yeah. one I see in existence at five. Yeah. A five. Well, you know, a five. Yeah,
0: lo- load management, man. Load
1: management.
0: <laughs> 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 All right, man. All right. Close this up.
1: Yes, yes, I'm going to close you up. I don't know what that <laughs> <All right>. um <laughs> uh, Okay, follow us on Twitter at Cinephile Fit and on Facebook at Cinephile Hissy Fits Podcast. Also, find us both on Letterboxd. Thank you so much for your captive audience and social media participation. Cinephile Hissy Fits is a 25-while media podcast brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network.com. Please visit, rate, review, and subscribe If you enjoyed this show, we have more Where That Came From with interesting hosts and more wonderful guests. This is all available on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere you find your favorite shows. Von Howard Sucks.
0: I thought he blows instead of sucks. I thought we opened with the Felicio thing. Come on. No?
1: He sucks and blows? Ice that'll spits work. And, spits and swallows. Oh my
0: Whoa. god! We we we're gonna have to stop this recording on this one. I hope it all makes the show though. Thanks, Mitch. All right, bye. <laughs>